lot of other things that make this season such a special and wonderful time. Uh, like the lights. I mean, it's just kind of fun, isn't it, uh, this time of year uh, to travel around maybe in your neighborhood and take a look at the, at the Christmas lights, to take a look at uh, all the, the people who've decorated you know, their houses. I like to go to Opryland Hotel and walk around and see all the, the wonderful lights. I think that helps make this season marvelous. But also the songs. I mean, this time of year, the music is, is so wonderful. I mean, there's, there's no better time of, of year. Of this, there's no better song than listening to Nat King Cole singing Chestnuts Roasting Over an Open Fire. Just listening to his silky uh, voice as he sings that song. If you're not in the Christmas spirit, uh, then I'm convinced uh, if you listen to that song, you'll get in the Christmas spirit. And then, of course, there are the trees. I mean, you know, all the decorations. It just makes this, this time of year so wonderful. And so you look at our church building, and you see the poinsettias. Uh, that's a marvelous tradition that Her- uh, Helen McDonald started over 25 years ago. And you look at how our stage is decorated with the trees and, and the poinsettia tree in the center of our foyer. And it just, it creates this marvelous, uh, wonderful time of year. And I appreciate so much those who decorate our building, uh, people like Pam Thorne and Kay Dudley. Uh, I think there's a host of other people who are involved. Can we show them our appreciation for what they did? Isn't this, isn't this beautiful? Isn't this beautiful? I, I think I saw Curry Dudley hanging some wreaths too, so we want to give him some credit as well. Um, but I, I tell you, we have such a beautiful, beautiful uh, building that's that's decorated and i appreciate that so much and then who can forget the gifts i mean this is the season of gift giving right and so that makes this time of year uh, marvelous as we even now begin thinking about what are we going to get that you know very special person in our life and, and yet this morning i want to talk about for just a few moments the true spirit of christmas Because if we understand the true spirit of Christmas, I believe this could be the best Christmas ever. And yet if we're honest, we struggle just a little bit during this time of year. For some of you, this is a very difficult time. For some, it's difficult because because you've lost a loved one recently. Or maybe you lost a loved one a year or two ago. And every year when Christmas rolls around, And you look around and you see all the smiling faces and families. You begin to miss your loved one even more acutely. You feel that loss. I was talking to someone in our congregation just several weeks ago. And this person was telling me about how hard it was for them. And they lost a loved one about two years ago, I believe it's been. And this person said to me, you know, Kevin, I I had to literally make myself come to church. Make myself get around people. And maybe some of you feel that way. It's a difficult season for that reason. And for some, it's a difficult season because you're struggling a little bit financially. And this is a season that if we allow it, it can very easily devolve into crass commercialism. I mean, you see the commercials on TV, right? Of the husband who, who picks out the diamond necklace for his wife. I'm giving some women some ideas right here i mean you you see those commercials uh, about you know the car in the parking lot i saw a commercial this last week 
and, and you know, Christmas, they wake up Christmas morning, and there are two cars in the parking lot, you know, with, you know, all decorated, and I thought to myself, who does that? You know, to two, I mean, who gives a car, a car? I mean, you know, come on, and yet, and yet, you know, this season can very easily devolve into kind of crass commercialism. We end up thinking it's more about getting than about, than about giving. And I realize I'm talking to some people that are struggling financially, and your, your kids have some pretty big wants. And you're struggling with how to make those dreams come true. So this is a hard time. For some, this is a difficult season because of all the emphasis on family. And while that's a good thing, quite honestly... Your family is kind of dysfunctional, and the thought of spending time with your crazy uncle is not something that you really look forward to. And if right now you don't know who the crazy uncle is in your family, you might be that person. For others of you, maybe you won't be able to be with your family because your family lives far away and you're not able to be, able to be with them during this, this season. And so because of that, it's, it's a difficult time. Others of you... Well, you struggle with this season because of the sheer busyness of it. I mean, let's face it, we already have busy lives. We've got jobs and we're working overtime. Uh, and we've got family, you know, activities and, and school activities and, and, and on it goes. And now on top of that, we have all of these parties and all of these get-togethers. And who has time to decorate the house? And who has time to do all the, the shopping and all the rest? And so this this season kind of adds to the stress and so so you're you're struggling just a little bit and so some of you in this room maybe several feel a little bit like scrooge with all the talk about peace and joy and goodwill you aren't feeling it in fact trying to gin up those feelings seems kind of fake to you it's as fake as that tree that's standing proudly in your living room and you're just not quite in the christmas spirit yet so maybe as this season begins we need to ask ourselves the question what is the real christmas spirit and perhaps if we begin to understand that it will keep everything else in perspective and so as we think about what that real christmas spirit is it draws us to a passage that was read for us by mark a few moments read for us a few moments ago uh, by Al in Luke chapter 2. And I think Luke chapter 2 really sets the stage for us. We come to understand that it is about a birth. And births are exciting, aren't they? Just this past week I was talking to Alex and Alex was showing us pictures of the ultrasound of um, his little unborn baby. And Alex is excited, and man, I'm excited. And, and I, I was looking at that little picture of that ultrasound. I mean, he looks just like Alex, only with less hair, I might say, just a little less hair. And, and as Alex was sharing with me that ultrasound and, and talking about that, and I got to think about when our kids were born. And I got to thinking about those moments when we saw those first ultrasounds. And I got to thinking about when we went to the hospital and, and how, you know, we were expecting to have a boy. That's what our uh, ultrasound told us. We, we asked him what it was. And, or we were going to have a girl. That's right. We were going to have a girl. That's what the ultrasound told us. And we had a boy. Boy, were we surprised. But births are exciting. Well, this time of year, we're, we're, thinking, about, we're thinking about the birth the birth of Jesus. 
we're thinking about how God has entered time and space. I know we've read Matthew chapter 2, and we know the plot line. We've read Luke chapter 2, and we we know the story, and we know the details, and, and all of that. And if we're not careful, we miss the big story. We miss how incredible it is. So on December 17th, 1903, Orville and Wilbur Wright made their first flight, the first flight of an airplane at at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. And so on their fifth attempt, this flying machine went into the air and it, it stayed up in the air for 12 seconds. Wilbur was flying it and so so Orville, Orville, he sends word um, to the local newspaper by telegraph back to their home what had just transpired. Their, their uh, sister Catherine received word. He, he said to her, we have flown for 12 seconds. We'll be home for Christmas. Can you imagine? She gets this news. Her brothers have flown for 12 seconds. They're going to be home for Christmas. And so, of course, she goes to the local newspaper and she tells them this incredible news. Her her brothers have constructed this flying machine. They now have flown for 12 seconds. They're going to be home for Christmas. And the editor of the little local newspaper said, that's great, We'll we'll have something in the newspaper about it, about your brothers. And so on December 19th, now they flew on December 17th, on December 19th, the local paper ran the following headline on the sixth page of the paper. Wright Brothers, Home for Christmas. The most significant story, maybe of the century, one of the most significant stories of the century, and they missed it. And so in all of our shopping, and in all of our decorating, And in all of our parties and all the things that we're rushing around doing and excited about, friends, don't miss the big story. Don't miss the important thing. Don't miss this big idea that that God loved us enough that he decided to enter time and space as a little baby. God has come into our world And speaking of Christmas, we often talk a lot about the lesser stories, but don't miss the big story. To talk about Christmas and not talk about Jesus, to talk about giving and not talk about Jesus, to talk about joy and peace and goodwill and not talk about Jesus is to admire the aroma and to miss the meal. Let's enjoy the meal if we're going to experience the true meaning of Christmas. And so during this season, I want to challenge us to adopt the posture of Mary. After she had made the trek to Bethlehem with Joseph, after she had given birth, and after the, uh, all the, the guests had come to see her, the, the shepherds, they saw the angelic coast in the, in the sky, they got word, they came to see her. After all of this happened... She's thinking about it all, and she says this in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19. It's a wonderful little line. It's really what I want to think about for a moment or two today. It says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. That was Mary, this young, unwed mother. 
as Al said, this, this woman who, who took a, a great risk, she received word she's going to have the child, and, and now the months have transpired, and she's had this, this child. And here she is, she's sitting and she's thinking, she's pondering it all. Although we often sing the song at this time of year, Silent Night, you know as well as I that this is not a very silent season. This is a season filled with activity and busyness, and we hear a lot of sounds, a lot of good sounds. But here we have Mary, and she's sitting, and she's pondering. We need to ponder some things. I wonder, what was it that Mary pondered? Well, maybe she was pondering the reality of it all. You know, one of the things that Luke makes very clear is that this idea that, that, that God came into our world and was born of a virgin, this is no a myth. This is no uh, just kind of a story that was embellished over time. Uh, this was no metaphor. Uh, no, no, this, this is reality. This really happened. And we know that because what Luke does is he ties this moment historically. He ties it to, who, well, who was, who was Caesar at this moment? Augustus Caesar. And who was, who was the governor of Syria? Well, we, we, he's mentioned in this passage of Scripture, Quirinius. And so in Luke chapter 2 and verse 1, we find out all of that. Luke wants us to know that this actually happened in history. People today may wonder if it's real. Uh, they may conjecture, well, did this really happen? I'll tell you one person who didn't conjecture, one person who knew it really happened, and that, that was Mary. Oh, she, she knew it was true. She remembered that conversation, that, that meeting she had with the angel. She knew that she had never been with a man physically. She knew that the Holy Spirit had overshadowed her, and as a result, she had become pregnant. She, she knew this was an extraordinary moment. She experienced all the changes in her body. She experienced morning sickness and nausea. She watched as her body began to slowly change. She felt the pains of childbirth that night when she gave birth to Jesus. She experienced the tension of, of others not understanding and being really alone only with, with Joseph with her. She, she pondered the reality of it all. She even wondered, why, why me? Why am I chosen to bear the Son of God? And so for this season to have real significance for you, you need to, by faith, accept that this is real and ponder the reality of it. This season is not ultimately about candy canes and mistletoe. No, it is about a baby who was born, who would change the world. But, but maybe even it's more personal than that. This is a story about a child that was born, and he's changed my life. And he's changed your life. We're different because, because Jesus was born into our world. I wonder if... Not only did Mary ponder the reality of it all, but I wondered that, that evening if she also pondered the humility of it all. This week I read a sermon, a very good sermon, titled creatively, Glory to God in the Lowest. I love that title, because that's really what we see in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter, descri Luke chapter 2 describes this, this moment when God came into our world, and if, if I were writing the story, I would not write it like Luke wrote the story. And so Jesus was not born in Rome. He was not born in a palace. No, Jesus was born in a backwater, out-of-the-way place 
like Bethlehem. Luke presents a God who stoops down to come to this earth. When Mary and Joseph came to Bethlehem to seek lodging, they couldn't find a place for them to stay. So, so where did they stay? They, they went to the inn. There's no place for them in the inn. The ancient world, an inn may have been a two-story uh, building. The, the bottom story would, would house all, all of the animals. People would stay in the upper story. It may have been a, a one-story dwelling with kind of a, a courtyard where the animals would, would stay. They found lodging someplace outside, not, not in the, the inn, there's no place for them there. So think about this. Jesus was born in an environment that reeked of the smell of urine and dung and sheep. And then when Jesus was born, he was wrapped, as we read a moment ago, in cloth, rough cloth. And he was placed, not in a finely crafted crib. I have a wonderful, sweet memory, and I have a crib in my office. It's in the corner I have a sweet memory of my, my wife's grandfather making this crib for our firstborn son. And I went into the workshop that night. It was around Christmas time as he was putting the finishing touches uh, on, on that crib. It's a beautiful memory of mine. I could smell, I could still smell the wood and the varnish. It's, he's, it's beautiful. And sometimes we think, well, that, something like that's what Jesus was placed in. Jesus was placed in a feed box. You couldn't get more humble than what we read in Luke chapter 2. A more lowly birth could not exist. And then the first people to meet Jesus, aside from his mom and dad, were not the powerful, not the prestigious, not the wealthy, not even the good. No, they were shepherds. These common, ordinary folks that were looked down on by a lot of people. And yet it's the shepherds who received this, saw the the angelic host in the sky, and, and they got the message, and they went to see the the baby that had just been born. You see, maybe that evening Mary was pondering the humility of it all. I wonder if Mary was pondering the the mystery of it all. Though the actual birth, it transpired in the ordinary way. She went into labor. She had contractions. There was pain. There was all the things that happened in a normal life birth she knew this was no ordinary baby she was looking after she gave birth to this child she was looking at an infant who was infinite she's looking at her son her lord his majesty she was gently rocking god in her arms Max Licato describes the mystery of that moment in this way. He writes, This is majesty in the midst of the mundane, holiness in the filth of sheep manure and sweat. And Mary's pondering all of this. She's treasuring up all of this in her heart. I think if Christmas is going to be transformative for us, If you're going to experience the real spirit of Christmas, uh, you've got to take time in your schedule to ponder and to slow down and just to think about the, the amazing mystery that God has come to the earth 
So I believe Mary, she's pondering the reality of, of it all. And so I ask you, do you believe this? By faith, will you accept it? Will you accept the truth that God has left the glory and splendor in heaven and he's, he's entered time and space and was born in an out-of-the-way place like Bethlehem? Mary pondered the humility of it all and that, that shaped, if you ponder that and think about that, that will shape how you, you live. Jesus, you see, comes to the humble. He comes to, to shepherds who have time to listen to God and experience his amazing miracles. Mary pondered that. And Mary pondered the mystery of it all. It's been said that life is not best measured by the breaths you take, but by the breaths you miss. And when you understand this, it will literally take your breath away and so during this busy season as we slow down as we ponder as we think about the amazing miracle of the birth of Jesus I want you to ponder three things three things very quickly and then we'll conclude our message today I I want you to let as, as you think about this amazing miracle I want you to think for a moment about about the idea of unity See, the birth of Jesus, it it brings people together. It brings us together. But not only does it bring us together, it it brings believers all over the world together. Not only that, it it brings people who are unbelievers. They'll, They'll walk up and they'll look and they'll listen and they'll think, we have an opportunity, brothers and sisters, right now, at this time of year, to be a redemptive presence in the life of others. And so there are people at work that might have spiritual conversations with you. They might not have spiritual conversations, but this year, with all the talk and all the, 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 the spirit of Christmas that's in the air, you might be able to have a talk with them about Jesus. So let's ponder unity. Let's also, second of all, think about the word hunger. What are you really hungry for? You see, my prayer for all of us as we come into this space right here, is not that we're hungry for great worship or hungry for wonderful relationships. That's all good. My prayer is that we're hungry for God. That we come on Sundays with the agenda to meet with God. You see, we talk about peace and goodwill and all that stuff. But really what we want in the deepest places in our hearts is God. And so this time of year, this can be a marvelous time for you to pause and be quiet and ask yourself the question, have I been fasting on, on spiritual junk food? Have I been eating spiritual junk food? Is it time for me to reconnect with God? You can do that during this season. And then the final thing I'd like for you to think about and ponder during this season is awareness. During this season, let's, let's be aware of one another. Let's be aware of, of spiritual needs. You know, sometimes I can get, I'm in such a hurry. I'm, I'm a kind of an active, busy guy. And on Sunday mornings, you know, so many people and so many great conversations I want to have. And I've got to remind myself just to slow down and be aware of what's going on in the person's life I'm speaking to. Be aware of what's going on in the person's life who's sitting in the next cubicle at work. Be aware of what's going on in my kid's life. Be aware of what's going on in my brother's and sister's heart and be prayerful and be present and, and be the kind of person that listens deeply. Oh, this can be a great, great Christmas season. 
we can recapture the spirit of Christmas, I'm convinced, if, if we ponder and treasure the really important things, we'll develop the Christmas spirit, and it'll be the best yet.